Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast, presented by HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, and its Digital Marketing Council. And now, your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Digital Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 137. We are coming to you Friday, January 6th, 2017. Happy New Year where every week we spend around 20 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in digital marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show, This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing, which also airs every Friday, only slightly earlier, at 10.30 a.m. Central U.S. time. We also co-cast that on Facebook Live at Hospitality Digital Marketing on Facebook.com and also on Periscope under Lauren Gray and also on Instagram under Lauren Gray. So with all that, let's get started. Uh, as a recap of our show, which was a lot of fun, it was the first show of the year, always optimistic, always hopeful, always exciting to know that we're going into the new year. And from the hospitality industry perspective, it's also, it's time to take those budgets that we were so careful and meticulously creating last year, come starting August through October, and put them to use. And of course, everything in the world changes between when you last put that on the shelf to taking it off the shelf to use it, metaphorically. Although in this case, there's just a, a big, huge what if in the world. And that's kind of a little bit of what uh, brought us into the conversations going into uh, this uh, session this uh, this week. It was kind of a start to the process of what's to look into the new year. What are we actually, uh, the new years and new challenges? What are the top things to focus on starting the year? You know, wanting to start it right. Of course, we have a lot of things happening even this month. The change in government. Um, it sounds so more bad in that sense, but the change in the leadership of the government, let's put it that way. The government stays the same. The leadership is changing. So there's a lot of what ifs and how abouts that's going to affect our industry. Uh, it is notable to say, and this is not a positive or negative, but just a statement of fact that, um, we will have the first sitting president that is a hotelier. Uh, in the White House, which makes for its own interesting interpretation as to how that would impact anything that hits the industry for legislation or perception of value. So with me this week, we had uh, co-host Tim Peter, uh, a perennial with us. He had been on vacation for a few weeks. It was nice to get him back. Robert Cole also, who had been on vacation for a few weeks, noticeably absent, in which I did make a kind of a uh, reference to the Clark Kent Superman syndrome, that uh, Mr. Edward Selinge was not able to join us this week, where he had been with us through the holidays. Uh, wondering which one between Robert Cole or Tim Peter was the uh, Clark Kent or Superman to Edwards, uh, Clark Kent or Superman. And when we get to have Holly for a little bit, we're having some audio problems. And I think it was from a bandwidth latency issue that was creating some echoes. And Holly took it upon herself to think that she was the cause of that. So she bowed out of the visual but stayed with us on the texting. Um, we always love to have Holly on the show in both forms and formats. And I, I think it was more of my technical putting to... Uh, uh, live broadcasting when we do it uh, simulcast it on Hausa, which is the platform we do the live show on but also we do it on Facebook live in the simulcast and we also do Periscope live on a simulcast and we did a pre-Instagram live 
uh, uh, on the beginning of the show in the green room. So um, needless to say, that sucks up a tremendous amount of bandwidth. And I think I was a creation of the Echo uh, problems with that. So anyway, back to the topic as to the New Year's news challenges. We want to talk about a little bit of some of the things that are coming into play that sometimes can get kind of pushed through. as just like, oh, yeah, something new. Oh, yeah, something new. Well, first off, there is the Consumer Electronics Show that's going on right now as we speak. Second day of. Um, lots of cool technology. I, I'm, I'm drooling over a hovercraft. A personal, uh, not hovercraft, a, a personal drone. It's about the size of a paperback book that flips open. It's made of carbon fiber, and it has some pretty neat advanced face tracking capabilities. Uh, basically, you hold it up in the air, and it begins to uh, stay uh, suspended in the air, but it will follow you everywhere. Now, um, you may think that I'm liking this because it's a new selfie. It's not actually the reason for that, although selfie sticks were created for that purpose. I'm just excited about the amazing videography that you'll be able to create with something like this that's not tethered to you that's not on a tripod or a stick that's amplified by your arm extension or strapped to the top of your head or or put onto a dolly or or point of view this is a really very unique ability to have a high altitude or mobile visual video and as we go back to when we talk about many times over in the rich media programs that i inspire everyone to hopefully add into their marketing strategies the times of empty room pictures or empty lobbies or porta-cachets of a hotel or empty restaurant are past. People don't want to see the empty rooms. It's not inspiring them to be that one and only person. Nobody wants to sit in an empty restaurant. So why would you want to show that empty restaurant? Of course, the person that does want to show it is the person that paid for the furniture, the walls, the, the, the fixtures, and so forth. Of course, they want a picture of a beautiful room that they had paid for and built. But when it comes to engaging the guests, the inspiration to create conversions in your marketing campaigns, you want people in those pictures. You want them to be enjoying what it is that you have built. And by doing so it inspires them to want to be there and what a cool thing that this little this little uh, drone this personal drone that you can do uh, that can follow you around so you can walk through places you can go see things it'll follow if you run if you ride a bike if you're whatever and it can zoom around you to do 360s uh, to give you a point of view as to where you are uh, it can go elevated it can be sent to go do things um, it does have a short flight time it's only 10 minutes per battery and it does give you an extra battery to go with it so you have to be pretty precise about what you want to video but 10 minutes is forever in a day uh, it doesn't have to be all at once, but um, it gives you a lot of uh, capabilities for it. So you can expect that eventually I'm going to find the justification for the $600 price tag <laughs> to uh, get that drone. But in the meanwhile, if you're out there, it just became available for sale during the CES. And uh, it's called the Hover Cam. So uh, if you want to, I'm sure it's already on a waiting list, <laughs> even after it's only been released for here for a few hours. But uh, it's something to keep an eye on for. It's just it's, it's a pretty cool technology. Plus, there's a lot of other technologies that are coming through. Just the one that that's the one I've been waiting for six months to finally come to market and see um, what you can do with it. So uh, with that, we'll move on for a few other things. There's also a bit of a technology that got released by Carnival Cruises that at first seems relatively innocuous. It's not new technology, but it's the new use of that technology. And that is that they are doing RFID armbands, radio frequency identifier uh, armbands for all of their people on the cruise ship. Now, for anybody that's not taken a cruise, you have no perspective of the microcosm ecosystem that a cruise boat creates once you're there. You are literally at the whim or discretion of the cruise boat as to your connectivity, your mobility, your ability to charge, your ability to eat, your ability to choose, your ability to get to, to have access, to make reservations. Everything is under the guise of the entity that runs the, the vessel. Um, 
Now, we've seen RFID uh, bands with Disney, of course, which gets you into the FastPass programs. And, of course, we already know that they track behaviorally the usage of those armbands. But Carnival's really upped it up even a higher step than that. Your ability to pay via transactions, have your menu items that you're having preference go ahead of you when you go into a uh, outlet so that you don't even have to go through the order process. You simply pick up the food that you already know you like. Um, it gives uh, the ability to assign uh, accounts to your children, which again, it's not new technology. We, some of the larger scale and, and higher end resorts have used this technology uh, in a similar fashion. But what makes it a high value to this is that the data that is able to be garnered from the usage of this armband, walking up to a display screen, and if you've ever been on a cruise boat, again, they're they're critical. The boat is, the vessel is so huge, and there's areas that you have access to, and there's areas that you don't have access to, that you didn't pay for to have access to, or restaurants you don't have the ability to get into. But these, these boards remind you of a very Star Trek kind of thing where you walk up and it all of a sudden engages you with whom you are. Well... Currently, you have to identify who you are or identify at what level you are, and it then gives you relevant information as to where you are. Um, now, with the RFIDs, you walk up, the board comes alive, it's yours to use, and of course, it can tell you where your kids are, it can tell you where your friends are, your family is, so forth and so on, what reservations you have. You can make reservations for you want, where you want to. You can do all of these things, and all that data is used, according to Carnival, to improve your engagement of the vessel while you're there. Personalization. Now, as we talk, there is a double-edged sword to personalization. The value proposition that personalization creates to enhance your experience is definitely a positive. The negative, as we can imagine, is the scary part of that. And that's where we spent a lot of our time in our conversation on the live show was, where does it get scary? When does it go from being helpful and appreciated to, that's just spooky. I didn't want you to go do that. Uh, Tim made a great example that uh, with this kind of information, same same information, different use. If you like margaritas, it's nice to know that when you pull up to the bar, the bartender says, hey, Lauren, you know what? You like margaritas? I got a great one. And to be like, wow, that's that's neat that you know that. Um, sure, yeah, let me see, give it a shot. Versus going up to the bar going, hey, Lauren, you had a few margaritas last night, huh? You know what? Let's, let's uh, you want to start with a Bloody Mary, a little hair of the dog. You might be like, whoa, that's spooky because now you're telling me you know that I went too far on drinking margaritas and that information, same information, same tracking of your purchases, same tracking of your interest, however used completely differently. And where does that spooky line land? That's variable for everybody. Somebody else might be like, yeah, I ate that right. Yeah, give me a Bloody Mary. Thanks for knowing. Other people might be like, whoa, I didn't want you to know, or I don't like that you know that kind of mentality. So that was a bit of a topic for the first 30 minutes or so we were really talking about that. Then we bounced around the whole Airbnb discussion again. Um, of course, it's going to be a prevalent conversation. I noticed in a lot of the early conferences this year, whether it be I for Travel, whether it be uh, even our own HSMIS digital marketing conference coming up, uh, that Airbnb has crept into the displacement cost of it or the evaluation of it as competitive value and what it's doing. And we've had several shows previous to this podcast and also to the live show that discussed certain features and certain acquisitions that Airbnb had taken and done that are influencing itself in the market space for hospitality. None the least of which was just recently with the unfortunate and oh, such a sad tragedy with Fort Lauderdale's airport, having been through it and lived near it for so long, just knowing exactly where they're showing on the video was so sad. But Airbnb was very quick to go over and look for immediate inventory in the market for people that were stuck distressed-wise, for zero cost, where they were able to offer people, hey, you're stuck here in Fort Lauderdale, 
um, there's places you can stay for free and you didn't anticipate being here. So let's offer inventory up to you that you can book. Uh, one was a beautiful yacht that somebody decided, you know, of course, all the Airbnb hosts have to decide that they're willing to offer up their 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 properties for free. But what a massively excellent positive tool. Again, they did it during the Hurricane Matthew program in Orlando. Uh, they did it here again for the airport. I don't see hotels doing this. Now, I'm not saying that hotels need to give away the farm or be doing it for free and they don't have the scalability, perhaps that Airbnb does. But what a PR twist. What a positive. And, and I'm not just saying from the benefit of a PR twist so you can resell yourself later. What a good thing. I mean, so very few hotels run operationally 100%. So there's always something to sell. Even if it's just whatever inventory you had available, make it available to those that can show that they are truly the victims of a tragedy such as this. Just the goodwill that that creates, the, the, the value proposition that it creates is well worth the consideration. But yet we watch this in the news that Airbnb does it and we just sit and, and do nothing in response to it as an industry. I find it very challenging that we do that. Some of the other discussions we had with self-driving cars, we've we had this come, and come out of a conversation several times, really for the symbolism that it represents. Because it brought it up this time in the conversation, kids that are born today, likely in 15 years, won't learn how to drive. They'll just never have this experience that we've come to take for granted or that we've come to appreciate as being a part of our culture that they won't really need a car. They won't really need to know how to drive a car. The cars that will be around in 15 years will either be autonomous owned uh, and, and, and in a group where you're not having to buy a car, but simply use the type of car that you need at the time. Or at the very least, the car will be autonomous and driving you and you won't have to really know how to drive it which was going back to the, how fast technology is transitioning our daily life cycle to it. Uh, I brought up the quote that I've always appreciated that was made of Henry Ford, that uh, when he was asked, did you ever ask your customers what they wanted before you built the car, uh, the Model A? And he said, if I asked my customers what they wanted at the time, they would have said a faster horse, which is uh, a great point of saying, you know, sometimes we don't even know what we don't know of the technology that's going to come and how it disrupts our world. Case in point, Three weeks back, we were talking about Amazon Go and how it's going to change fundamentally how we may shop walking into a store and not really engaging anybody, simply grabbing what it is we want. It tracks what we grabbed, charges for what we grabbed, and we walk out the door for whatever we wanted it for. So anyway, we also went through um, some great stats. Robert had a, a bit of an overview of history of OTA, OTA contributions. We talked about Meta on top of Meta, that Expedia joined the TripAdvisor uh, program. We've known this. It's peaked in there from time to time. We've seen it in certain markets. And what I'm explaining is the fact that Expedia selling product on another meta site, TripAdvisor, with its own meta product, its own Expedia inventory. Um, it's a mathematical probability of goodness with them because here if Expedia is getting 20% commission off of what it's selling that hotel for and it's paying you know, 15% commission to TripAdvisor and whatever costs associated for advertising it, they're still making a free 3 to 5% on somebody else's coattails. So mathematical sense, but it does create a muddled mix and a muddy water to where is your distribution going and with your channel cost distribution, which is always a question that need, especially going to 2017 with the apprehension of it being at best the same and potentially more uh, slightly neutral compared to 16, because we've been on a seven year ride, um, is to how we can control where our inventory is being distributed and the cost associated with those channels of distribution. So it brings up that question all over again. And Robert did a very nice job of reviewing 
uh, the OTAs and where they came from and how they collaborated and who bought whom and which each one represents. So if you get the chance in the middle of the show, in minute 65, I think we hit that. Uh, you want to listen through that little storyline. That's a great one. Then Tim, before he left, uh, he had to head off to Oslo, which we uh, picked on him for. He had uh, client work to do out there. He gave us his predictions of 2017, as did Robert, as did myself. Uh, I also shared some interesting stats that we accumulated over the live show of last year, which was fun to do. The uh, average attendance now is well over 1,000 uh, on our weekly show and well over 400 on our podcast here. So thanks to all those who listen to either live or uh, recorded our shows. Um, and with that, the show pretty much wrapped up. Um, some of the things that we did touch on, which I want to dive a little bit closer into now, and this is, and I don't all agree with all of them, and I'll indicate which ones I don't agree with and um, point them out. And this is some of the 2017 prediction things. Uh, there was an uh, excellent article. And now, by the way, all the articles that I'm referring to, both before now and now going forward, are all within our show notes at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast. There's the link. We do a post also. Uh, if you want to go to the post, which also has the podcast player to it, um, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcast forward slash 137, which is the show's number, numeric 137. And that'll bring you right to the posting with all the minute breakdowns and links to all the things we're discussing. Um, this one is uh, the top 10 digital technology marketing resolutions. Hebs was referring to some things. This is Hebs Digital, Mark Sark, uh, Max Sarkoff and his team. Uh, incredibly brilliant, uh, very thoughtful uh, people. Um, the the some of the things that they were pointing out i was a little hesitant on um in the sense of what their real value proposition uh would be um again airbnb was one of them i don't think airbnb i think is again situationally and uh market specific not all inventories and in all markets have the impact that in airbnb in comparison to the hotel inventory in market so i felt that it was kind of a carry over from 16 to a certain degree um some of the things that, um, other than that, I think there was an interesting conversation about budgeting constraints and percentages in their in their predictions, which I thought was very solid. Um, there was also another predictions for 2017 from Snapshot. And these were some of the, the, the prediction that I liked that they had was from silos to full integration. 17 might be going back to the year when we looked in retrospect from now. As the year that we finally got smart, that revenue management, digital marketing, sales, operations collaborated with data sharing. Um, it's a data war out there. It's not, it's not a marketing war. It's a data war. The data you have, the tools are available to everyone. It's the data you have that makes that marketing successful. Um, so it's really what you have in content related to your guests or future guests that you have. So sharing data between revenue management skill sets, marketing skill sets, sales skill sets, operational skill sets is really the value proposition of going from silo to full integration. So I completely agreed with that as a prediction for 17. The other they refer to as predictive intelligence. Again, it's a data war. It's a data-driven marketing program. Predictive modeling, taking the data that you have in real time, which we haven't had up to this point, it's usually been historical data at best, hence the entire revenue management mantras of how they predict with RevPAR and previous occupancies, histories, pacing, and so forth. Now we have real-time data, real-time engagement, real-time inquiries. And with that real-time, we're able to extrapolate predictively forward what information we need to make available to what potential guests at what particular time. So I do believe that predictive intelligence will grow into its niche. I don't think it'll be a full-fledged affair because if the market does go neutral or go slightly less, 
more going to go back to the old ways of dumping inventory on OTAs and selling themselves on low rates because they, at the end of the day, just need to do headcounts and top-line revenues, which I think is going to be their downfall. Big revenue management, again, I think it goes back to the collaboration between the de-siloing of our uh, industry from revenue management and marketing. So I think that that's still good. Chatbots and better communication, absolutely. Personalization, individual communication are uh, mainstays. I think that as we enter into what uh, Facebook Messenger is capable of doing and its use of Instagram and it's very much mirroring uh, platforms like Snapchat and so forth and really trying to become the WeChat that's in China, only outside of China, and be that singular platform of integration, these chat communications, this ability to communicate directly with your guest, good or bad, is really going to turn into a high value proposition of personalization. Obviously, mobility is a key element to that. We already have that the internet is mobile because most of the traffic on the internet is mobile-based, 56%. So because of that, it is a mobile internet and that it, the minority is non-mobile internet. So um, yes, that is indeed um, a part of something that, that 17 will grow into. Some other th interesting things that we uh, talked about, Uber is, uh, is closing in on Volkswagen. What uh, that means is Uber as a company is actually value propositioned higher than General Motors, and it's coming close to what the value proposition is for Volkswagen. So a, a company that builds no cars and owns no cars as a car company is larger in value than General Motors. Amazing. That's on Statista.com. Um, let's see. Pursing the... the, the uh, some things that uh, Robert had contributed to some of the conversation that I want to throw into this is that Waterford Story, of course, is closing in New York. It'll be closed for two years. It's going to turn into condos. Sad as that sounds. Um, I'm sure that there'll be a value proposition improvement to the property itself. And I think a lot of the, the luster of the grandness that it used to be will be developed into its redo. I just don't think, unfortunately, the public will get to appreciate it as much as it had when it was just a hotel, being that it would be high-end condos. But... Again, for historical factor, I think it is a historic building, if I remember correctly. So there will be some continuity that it has to be seen to some sort of public level. Uh, one nice thing, and this is after FTC.gov on a reports on economic analysis and hotel resort fees. FTC is turning a very negative eye to resort fees because of the lack of taxable and then also for the forced mandate of it and the, uh, the opaqueness of its cost in association to rates that are being offered. So the FCT, FTC is taking a very close look at probably the uh, beginnings of the demise of resort fees. Thank goodness. I think it was an abomination that people think they would do that. It's like, oh, let's buy a car. Oh, you wanted tires on that. Oh, that's going to be extra. Um, <laughs> and one comment that both Tim and Robert echoed uh, through their own process is that the whole U.S. hotel industry closes the year with a it's kind of a, well, it wasn't a bad year. It wasn't a good year. We've set records. Our ADR and occupancies are at the highest they've been uh, consistently. We've gone a longer uh, run than we've ever done before. But, eh. <laughs> So, uh, with that, we will wrap up with what we have for 16. The predictions for 17 as we are. Uh, next week, we have a treat. We, on the live show, will have uh, Don Hay, who is the founder and CEO of Digital Alchemy. If you're not familiar with Digital Alchemy, is still one of the pure email houses of uh, the industry. And what I mean by that is that it's not diluted with uh, ancillary services, with other platforms. They integrate with other platforms, but they themselves don't operate as a email and program. It's They focus on email 
engagement and they're exceptionally excellent at it. they're exceptionally talented in details about it so i welcome you to next week's show uh which should be show number 75 next week on december oh, it's gonna be january 13th uh 2017 and um uh, join us for that and of course we'll do a recap on our podcast shortly thereafter so you can catch any of the highlights that we had on that for as well we'd also like to announce and introduce our newest content piece called monday's marketing minute now, this is inspired by all of the questions we get here on the podcast and on the live show that we either can't get to or are repeats of topics that we've had, but they're all inspired from conversations within the shows themselves. Now, we found that uh, so many industry professionals like yourself have questions from time to time that they don't get to have the resources available to get to answer or don't trust the source of the possible answer. You know, it might be a vendor that's twisting the answer to whatever they offer services, perhaps. Or you don't have a consultancy or an agency that you're doing direct uh, work with, so you don't have anybody to call and ask, is something blue or something red? So now my co-host and I, uh, well, we've decided that we want to answer these questions. Uh, we're not trying to dole out any free consulting. Uh, really, we're just trying to uh, we're trying to keep it for brevity. And the best we can offer is a direction or suggested authoritative source to continue to answer your question with. Then that's the intent of this. It's supposed to be very brief. It's visual. We do this on a recording. Uh, visually, where we're talking to you on video. It's just not audio. Uh, that we will raise the question that's brought and give a supportive as to what to do or the direction to go with it and make it as brief as possible uh, and give you a direction, uh, something you connect to maybe for further questioning if you wanted to. It's meant to be helpful and it's meant to be brief. So I hope you check out this first installment this past Monday we just uh, that I just did uh, on hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash minute or if you like the abbreviated version bit.ly forward slash HDM minute. So there we go. Remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, TalkShoe, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Lipson, and more. So no matter which one you may use, if you like the show, please, please, please rate us and leave a comment. We appreciate your comments and suggestions. Also, if this is your first time hearing us, you can subscribe to our show or on any of those platforms as well. Uh, for an archive of all of our previous podcasts, you can go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcasts. And don't forget our live video show, which we do have you join and participate every Friday at 1030 Central U.S. time called This Week in Hospitality Digital Marketing on Hauza, H-U-Z-Z-A dot I-O, or simply go to hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. Now, if you do have any comments, suggestions, or inputs for this show, you can reach me at uh, email podcast at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com. I answer each and every email. And like I said, with the questions that you pose, I will also, if they're available or we haven't already covered them or they need to be covered again, I will put it on our new program called Monday's Marketing Minute. Look for that to be released every Monday at hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash minute. So with that, I thank you for your time this week. I thank you for uh, our, your patronage from last year into this year. And if you're new to the show, I hope for your patronage for this entire year. So with that, have a great weekend. Until next Friday, this has been Hospitality Digital Marketing with Lauren Gray. You have been listening to the Hospitality Digital Marketing Podcast with Lauren Gray. Presented by the Digital Marketing Council of HSMAI, the Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International. All views expressed are those of the host and his guests and do not reflect upon HSMAI or the sponsors of the podcast. Podcast and its content is protected by international copyrights. Any use not authorized by hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com is in violation.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.